on talk to me. We started to shop it and literally everyone said no. Like, no, 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 no. And then one studio said yes. And we could tell that they were going to, they're trying to push it into a different direction. And so we just decided we should take it back to Australia and then do it independently. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla because sometimes existing is exhausting. And if you want to watch the extended cut of this interview where we get way deeper into everything, click the join button down below to become a member and support this channel. Anyway. Hello, Danny. Michael. Oh! I was looking at Danny. I was looking at Danny. Done, it. Oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> Son of a bitch. Let me try that again. Hello, Michael. Good to see you, Ian. Hello, <laughs> Danny. I first met you guys eight years ago. Yes. And you were, I mean, exact. You were exact. You were this. You were. You were two rowdy bro- twins. Uh, it's so funny though because we before we started filming this, we were all just quiet in that corner. I know. <laughs> well, you guys just got done doing 28 interviews yesterday. Yeah, 28 interviews, and like I don't know where I am. I'm delusional. You're yeah. not real. Uh, it's, does that feel right? It's no. sticky. Hideous. Sticky. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> when I first met you, you guys were doing comedy sketches, a lot of stunts and action stuff. Yes. Special effects. You guys were getting like five to ten million views a video. Yes. <laughs> Which is insane. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and now you are out of your prime. <laughs> and now you guys are watched up under a million views per video. You guys, you guys literally just got a movie with A24, and you're joking that you're washed up. <laughs> we're washed I think up. in the YouTube scene, we're pretty washed we're up. We're has been no. in the YouTube scene. We're, we're like washed up, but hideous. Fuck that, right? You guys just you just made a film that is being distributed by A24. Yes, it is. All, it's not even out at the time of recording this, but it's already critically acclaimed. It's already it's at ninety seven percent of Rotten Tomatoes. How yeah, but that? when it, when it comes out, that'll drop to so like a solid twenty. percent We're going up against Barbie and Oppenheimer, and we know we're going to get buried. We know there's no chance. Because your your movie comes out a week afterward, right? Yeah, a week, seven days after Barbie and Oppenheimer. That's fucked. Yeah, he wants to pay for two tickets, and then they'll see ours. We, can we see need all the help we can get. Everyone, don't please, don't beg. Please. please. Here's the thing, I think you guys are okay because. It is actually a very fucking good movie. You guys gave me a screener, and it might be the best horror movie. It's definitely the best horror movie of the year. It might be the best horror movie of the past five years. Really? You really? I really, 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 really liked it. You guys are carving your own path separate from YouTube. Like, of course, you're still doing YouTube, and you have over three million subscribers there. You have a lot of fans, but you are doing this thing completely separate, which I think is really cool because your YouTube stuff has always felt like you guys have been staying, you guys have stayed true to yourself. You guys are doing so many stunts, you guys are just go over the top with your violence. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's all demonetized, you can't make money on it. And many people would have been like, oh, you know what? Fuck that, I'm not gonna do this thing that I have a passion for because I wanna make money. But yeah. you guys have stayed true to yourselves. Well, like, uh, yeah, every dollar we ever made in our YouTube videos went back into the YouTube videos, so we were just constantly broke. And yeah. like, like everything was just like, whatever can make that piece of content or whatever we're filming be the best it can possibly be, uh, was always the aim. And so I have something you can look back on and be really proud of. But yeah, we got to that point where it just felt like you're just chasing the algorithm and you're just chasing the views and you're just, it start, you start to feel, it starts to feel fabricated. It starts to feel false. Well, cause we did change a little bit. Like when the vlog stuff was taking over, we did like a merge between vlog yeah. And skit. And well, skit, you, you yeah. kind of did fake vlog that turned into like an action scene. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like you wouldn't be able to tell what was real, what was fake. But you guys couldn't help yourself. You, you, <laughs> I mean, had, to do, you had to do special effects and stunts. Yeah, 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 you literally can't help yourselves. Like, we're like, I said, we're like, oh, come on. What, is that, what is that word when someone loves pain? Sadist or is that a masochist? It's just a Michael. 
You love pain. I don't love pain. Oh my gosh, you love pain. <laughs> I do not He's love like, pain. He's like, let me get hit by a car in this video. But I'm not sexually aroused by pain. <laughs> no, he would like be doing it and have the biggest erection. <laughs> <laughs> What has been the reaction? So you went, you you debuted your film at Sundance and there was all this hype. There are all these other directors and there are all these critics and they're watching this like waiting. I feel like some people just wait to hate, right? They're like, they're yeah. like, they're going to fuck it up somehow. Where is it? Where is it? What was the reaction like after that debut? It was the most terrifying experience because we're sitting in the back corner. You melting, know, melting, and someone if someone went up, got up to go to the toilet, so they'd get up, they shuffle past everyone. You'd be like, oh no, they hit the movie, and then they walk past you like, oh my god, and then they open a door, and this light would go fills all, the cinema, fills the yeah. entire cinema, and I'm like, oh, stop! It's like taking the audience out of the experience, you know. And then they'd come back in, and then the light would go in, and then they come past, and then they shuffle in. It was oh, yeah, the worst. It was overthinking, overthinking, like melting, melting. Cool, because you feel like every any single thing that goes wrong is going to totally mess up the entire experience. Yeah. We would have seen the film with shit. Like we would have said, like, how the fuck did we get into Sundance, and why the fuck are all these people here? And so you're sitting there the whole time, just sort of like, yeah. And then like Ari Aster, which is a big director, was there, and so I was like, yeah, melting, melting. And then as soon as the film ended, I was like to Marco, I was like. I'm gonna go apologize to Ari because he got dragged here, and I need to go say sorry to him. So I like, got up to him, like to like apologize to him. You were literally gonna apologize for him, him having to sit through your film. <laughs> yeah, yes. sorry you got dragged here, Ari Aster. But yeah, we're walking up to him, and he was like looking at me, and he was like, "That was so special." And I was like, "Hey," <laughs> and then he was just like, "It felt really special," and like the ending was incredible, and like yeah. he, he was like, and then there was all this like crazy buzz, and then we got a text from Jordan Peele. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what? And then Jordan, and then Jordan Peele, Peele FaceTime me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, the whole thing was so surreal. And we spent Sundance just crying. Like, at, well, was that upset? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cast and crew just felt, like, so overwhelming and, like, like uh, the impossible happened. It was, like, yeah, it was insane. So you found out that A24 was interested. And how much later was it that you found out that you were officially... Oh, two, two days? days. Yeah, two half. days. Two days after debuting at Sundance well, and you find out? Like, it was, like, two days afterwards. And, like, they came and approached us and, and pitched themselves to us. And they flew back to New York from Park City. Yeah. And then another company approached us. And then they flew back again from New York, back to Park City with more people from the company. And we're, like, they, there was, like, a face to them. And they felt really personable and they felt... And it's so funny trying to keep a cool face when they're talking. We're A24. So what was your reaction to finding out that they were purchasing? Like, uh, we, we, like, shared it with our main actor, Sophie, and li- literally just crying. And, like, it was just so... We screamed when they first saw Screamed. I almost hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> Did you walk out into the street and you're like, my life is done, they can't get better than this? <laughs> it's all downhill for me, I'm going to end it now. So you guys started off just making, like, Silly little fail videos that were like faked fail videos that were made to look real and they went semi-viral and then you started uploading to YouTube and you started doing these ridiculous stunts, uh, you know, wrestling and coordinated action scenes and then you found your way, you through your passion, you followed your passion, really stuck to it, even though everything in the world was telling you that you should make different type of content if you want to be relevant, if you want to make money, and then you just stay true to yourselves. And then you finally found yourselves, well, you didn't find yourself, you made it happen. You made a film happen that you guys directed. Yeah, it feels did. like it's the culmination of everything that you did. Yeah. Even though you had every reason to steer away from it, you stayed true and now it's culminated in this. But I still so like uh, have no, no ill will or anything towards YouTube because we got our start on there. We were able to like, like build ourselves up as filmmakers on there and allowed us to express ourselves on there. Like we, we learned and we gained so much knowledge and so much filmmaking technique just being on YouTube. So well, even just yeah. being seen, like to, when we first started uploading, like YouTube was very different of what they were allowing. And so, you know, 
And we would like to put, you know, we just get, we'd have as much blood effects as possible, yeah. you know. And then when it started changing, it's kind of like, it makes sense. Like we yeah. were just like uh, making, like we were just going, to, you know, making crazy blood videos or crazy effects, like swearing heaps, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Saw what they were after, which makes sense. So it was like kind of good to be pivoted. And so, I, we were already wanting to make that transition. Like I was already like, okay, that, like I feel it was like, always in the back of our mind. Like we want to make film, but YouTube was just so much fun. Yeah. So do you, do you think that because your videos were constantly getting demonetized and because it wasn't being pushed as much, that's kind of what drove no, you? I, well, Mark, you didn't write the script. I was writing before that. It was like uh, I always knew. I always knew. <laughs> he always like makes it like it was the reason. You're lying. No, it was it was helpful to be like to focus. It was yeah. like something happening in the background. Yeah, but it just so, felt right. Yeah, at that time it was like it was time to do it. Even like I think even without the demonetization, everything. Like, I really know. Like, I, we, this is what we always wanted to do. So how did the movie end up happening? Were you just writing in the background for a long time? Yeah, writing it and then taking it out to Hollywood. After oh, we attached, a, like, um, got picked up our producers from Causeway Films, like these amazing producers, Samantha Jennings, our producer, like, helped us develop the script more and doing script notes and then taking it out to town, like the Hollywood town, and trying to get it picked up by, like, um, a studio or somewhere to, like, help finance the film. Wait, how long were you writing it first? Like, how many years did you put into that? I think... Until we shot, it probably three to four years because like it just kept like evolving and like changing and you just keep strengthening the material. But like the first draft was written in like eight days. Oh shit! But you can always go back and keep building on that. And I collaborated with my co-writer Bill Hinsman and just always putting it back and forth. Yeah, and the first draft's like taking a big giant shit on a plate, <laughs> and then you slowly mold it. You you have to start with something, right? Yeah, you exactly. have to just get something on the page. Yeah, yeah. And th- so we we got the the we took it out to Hollywood and we're like trying to like take it around. What does that look like? You just have the script and you're like. Please read. Yeah, yeah. Begging people Daddy to read. Daddy did that at first. He sent it to some guy at Fox. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, this isn't how you do it. Yeah, he's like, we need to get you it's a like, manager. Do you, have, do you have managers? You're like, yeah. stop sending me scripts. <laughs> <laughs> that was the vibe. Yeah. Yeah, but like, um, yeah, you go, like, our managers started to like take it around and then we started to shop it and literally everyone said no. Like, no, 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 no. And then one studio said yes. And uh, when we were like working with them on the scripts, like some of their script notes were coming in and we could tell that they were going to, they'll try to push it into a different direction. And it was starting to feel a little less unique. And then they, I started feeling the vibe that they weren't going to want to do Australian accents as well. Like, and they have complete creative control. So like they could cut us out of the edit if they wanted to, they'd own all the rights. And so we just decided with our producer, Samantha, that we should take it back to Australia and then do it independently. Mm. Yeah. So at first you were about to potentially muddy it down to be a Hollywood, yeah, kind of a little bit more generic film. Yes, yeah. And you had to make that tough choice of being like, I'd rather wait, like rather than getting this made, because yeah. some people would be like, I just want to get get it made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but you were like, it needs to stay true. We just care too much about every single frame, you know, and the idea of someone else taking that control and them going, no, nah, it needs to be like this, and then it's not your film anymore. It's like that was just terrifying to us. And but, you hear those horror stories yeah. from like Hollywood studios like screwing over directors. Like, we but, like, but not that we thought we were going to get... Yeah, it just... The notes weren't bad at all, but it was just like, oh, I really liked what we had and to change it. Uh, I wouldn't know how to direct something that didn't come from me or like I was telling you to something else. Like me sitting down with the direct, uh, the actors and trying to like explain something that even I don't understand or I wasn't passionate about. It felt so odd and weird. Mm. Get some, uh, have some water, Danny. You sound croaky, man. No, Please, take a breath, man. <laughs> It's always good to have someone to, to be real with you, right? <laughs> oh yeah, you should see when I whenever I send a script to Michael, he'll just butcher it and be like, "Why am I the villain?" Like, what the fuck? I, I feel bullied by Michael. I, I feel bullied just You're then. Causing me in, man. Come on, man. I just Look, keep blocking the exit. I just want to be close to Anthony. Do you want to switch seats? Yes. Okay, great. Switch. Do you want to switch? Are you fucking kidding me? I don't know. Hey, now you're. <laughs>
<laughs> no, now you're making sure I can't edit it out of context to make you guys sound like jackass. Yeah, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn it. I always edit everything out of context to make my guests seem really stupid. Oh, I switched back then. No, no, no. Because no, no, no. I, I feel weird out here. I feel what like I'm Budget funding. What is this all about? Wait, how many films are made that are critically acclaimed that have Australian accents? Yeah, I don't really look it's at... It's just tough to make money. Yeah, for Australian films. Yeah, apparently they just don't sell or translate well uh, internationally. Because we don't sound cinematic. Mm. You guys are cinematic. Like you say, say scare, like what's in the corner of that room? What's in the corner of that room? See, but if it was Australian. Oh, what's in the corner of that room? <laughs> <laughs> we don't sound like we sound, cinematic. Yeah, yeah, there's like, and we also have a cultural cringe. Like Australians sometimes don't like Australian films for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. There's, there's self hate. Or yeah. you know, it's like, they're like, that's not a movie. Yeah, because we're used to American culture, you know? Yeah. Mm. All the way through high school, we always had a face. Like, yeah. Shut up. Like, why are you trying to make a movie? I think that was part of the charm of the film, though, is that it felt like I was looking into a different world as an American viewer who's just so used to seeing so many American films, especially American horror films, just feel like they're just like, they're kind of cookie cutter. Like, it's just like cut, repeat, cut, repeat, cut, repeat, second sequel, third sequel. Everything about your film feels like it is like a peek into your mind. Because it is based in Australia, but I feel like it translates it's, it's teenagers and or people that you understand empathize with. We all know these kind of people and understand. So I, I thought that it wouldn't translate like comically for like the comedy beats overseas, but it did. Like people, it did. Th they relate to it even, doesn't matter what country it's from. Human, but there is yeah. kind of, yeah, there is kind of- I think it was stronger. I think the elements that I didn't feel like I fully just understood just by already seeing so many people do the same thing. Like because it was fresh, it felt like it was something to like lean in and try to understand and it made it more intriguing. Even like the casting process was super, we really, really, were specific about who who we wanted and and uh, so like as soon as we saw the auditions we just hundred percent knew that we wanted that person for the role like even Sophie Wilde who, who's our lead like as soon as we saw her audition we're like dude she's blown us away she's incredible her range her every single minute detail you see come through yeah in her eyes every single detail feels like it was perfectly crafted yeah she oh man she's such an artist and she's so so committed. And, and uh, yeah, but by casting her, we lost like a million dollars out of the budget because she wasn't a name. Uh, you yeah, know? they wanted like oh, a big I thought name. Oh, saying she cost a million dollars. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> we lost a million dollars out of the budget by casting her. Oh, so the people that were funding said, if you cast someone that's famous, we'll give you an extra million dollars. Well, yeah, they're just more comfortable because well, like, we had a budget, but like, if you, you can cast, but we're going to take a million dollars because you're less likely to make money if you have a, some True. sort of- So it's a bigger risk. Yeah, yeah, but like well worth it because Sophie's just unbelievable. Well, you you could see it every yeah. single take of Sophie is the best. Well, you never so had to cut around Sophie. Yeah, and, and in many ways you made her a star. Well, I think that uh, I, I think she was, she was already a star. She was always a star, but she the was film star. the film helped. Well, yeah, it, it was like a finding a diamond in the rough. It's like to help her be seen is like that that that's special to yeah, us yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, like, I would be be part of presenting it to the world in a small way. It feels means so much to us because she's such. Yeah, an amazing actor and such an amazing person as well. Like she's so genuine and uh, beautiful and she's nice and she's caring. And it's like, you, you you speak to her and you just know she's special. Like you just, there's something about her. And she has like a magnetic energy on yeah, screen. Yeah. Yeah. She's seriously, oh man, we love her so much. So what was it like writing this? So you co-wrote it. Many people would assume that because you guys are twins and you make stuff together that you both were part of every single part of the process together. We were like, yeah, sometimes we can't stand each other. And like writing such a personal thing, I just couldn't do it with Michael. But there's like a, le a level of like, uh, it's just so personal writing and you're like inserting so much of yourself into it. You have to have really open and honest conversations about like dark parts or like things that like you're 
afraid of. And it's just like, I couldn't possibly have those conversations with Michael. I would read like passes of the script and give notes. So yeah. we both write and like different things and then like throw back and forth when they're ready. To right. Read. But you're not sitting together we writing. Do it. Yeah, it's, it's more like, rip, like we could do that working together like when it's like, riffing on a, a fight scene or like you know when yeah. we're working in that way like on set and stuff but the writing process is yeah it's like personal and you got to have that kind of break for each other for that so what was so personal about this because i mean it felt very personal in the sense that it felt like there was a lot of passion and heart that went into it but what like where did all this come from within you it was always just like tapping into things that were like scaring me personally and and like our family has a history of mental illness there was a suicide in the family and then a mum like has depression and then you sort of feel like because this stuff happens to them, it'll happen to me. And, and, and it was like always like tapping into things like that. And, and like to, to write that sort of stuff, you have to really get into like a certain headspace and express it and just be vulnerable. And it's some, somehow I just don't have that comfortability with Michael for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> I still love you, mate. You know that. I still love you, mate. You know that. See, that's why I couldn't write with him. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of that that stuff was so personal to you because you dealt with those types of things in your life with your family. I don't know. Just it's hard to talk about those things. Do it to each other. Like so I like with a yeah. writer or someone else, you can. Yeah, yeah. That's why reading the the passes is like better. Yeah. What even like ideas for like oh it should be like this or it should be like that. If you're in the initial stages of creativity. And you're trying to think of the best way to play things. And then like, like I say, I'm jumping in. Oh, what about this? You know, it's kind of like ruling the creative process, the initial creative process. That mm. flow when there's like two voices, it feels like it's too much. Because we've both yeah. got uh, very loud voices maybe. Mm. And, and, it, and we just argue a lot. So it's like, if we're like both writing, I feel like we're just, nothing would ever get written. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how, how do you feel about writing with Ian? I mean, no, he, he and I work really well, like literally writing the script together. Like we'll be on one shared Google Doc, like punching it up together. Like we're really, really Close to the way we write. Wow, yeah. yeah. We've got that close feeling, especially with, with directing. Like, we've got, like, such a united vision. We've been making stuff together for so long. So, like, that process and any other part of the process, like, we're very in sync with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, somehow the writing's just different. Well, you kind of have to be on set as well. There's already so much against you. So you have to be on the exact same page. Yeah. yeah. Which we were, like, um, directing. Once you know the script and understand it, you know, mm-hmm. we both have the same way that we'd want The same way to achieve it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And there was always, even being YouTubers making a film was like, there was a huge stigma around that. And like, Mm. there was, it was like a lot of uh, people wanting it to fail, like in a way. Where where did you feel the stigma from? Like, I remember some crew members were like, these guys don't know what they're doing. Oh, they're YouTubers. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like you're a YouTuber. And I think that, um, there's been some some YouTube films that, that, um, just, uh, feel like they're getting made as a money grab and there was no like actual passion. Uh, Smosh the movie was a critically acclaimed masterpiece. Oh, I I want to watch that. Is it, do you like it? No. Do you really not? <laughs> no, it's actually really, it's really not that great. Oh, but. It, it lost, it lost the uh, absurdist humor that Smosh has. And are you, are you, do you think you'd ever revisit a film with Smosh? I think that there's, there's potential is as long as I get full and complete creative control over it. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing though, is that that was made at a time where I didn't own the company, but now I own that shit again. So yeah. I could, I could, if I were to redo it, <laughs> I would do it exactly the way that I want it. And it would feel like the sketches that we make. Yeah. yeah. But an hour and a half version of it. Yeah. And like, like yeah. taking the time as well for it. And I know, like, I remember hearing an interview with you and, like, kind of like you being told, like, you need to do this. And, like, and it's like you're getting all these amazing opportunities, but your, like, energy is so spent, like, creative energy on just, like, everything. You yeah. can't, like, put the time into. And I kind of feel like that, that can be, like, us sometimes as well with 
certain things like we've committed to because we have ADHD we commit to a lot of things mm. it's like finding the, like finding time to delegate is the that's the issue right now like we need to, we're never going to put out something that we're not proud of but it's like finding the time to put towards each project mm-hmm. and the way to split up time that's that's something we still haven't figured out yet I what, think what are your thoughts on here's a like a, a sort of on the same same in the same pulse as that mm. like uh, ADHD medication mm-hmm. like I, I'm like like part of me is like, I really want to take something like that so I can really learn to focus. And then the other part of me is like, if I take that, is that going to change the way that I can be outputting creatively? I'm scared of it changing my brain chemistry and me not being able to uh, express myself the same way or like my brain not functioning the same way. So it like, it won't be the same. When I had it once, I feel like my brain is like a laser and I'm putting it at the wall and it does this and it's bouncing all over the place. And when I take this drug, it like focuses pinpoint in that one spot, but it's a different color. Mm. Is the best way I can I can describe a it. Different color? It feels like this focus doesn't feel like my focus. It feels like an alien focus or something. Like you're like third person focusing for me, and it was like this weird. I, I can't explain. Oh, it's like you're being forced to focus, but you don't want to. And it feels yeah, it feels like oh, I'm so focused right now, but I feel I feel like this isn't me or something. I don't know. What you the can fuck. Well, you can tell that it's like uh, you can tell it's not you because you're used to the way the, your brain works. It's like yeah. kind of like putting it in a box that just lays focus on one. Yeah, thing. yeah. I think it's really interesting that you say that because I feel like there's some parallels to your film, right? Of oh, like kind of feeling like it's not you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little little <laughs> bit of like someone forcing you to do stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You're really reading into this. <laughs> I, I see it though, yeah, like in your writing. It's like uh, there's so many things that are just personally in there and they're like, I don't even know exactly what they mean, but I know it's something and it's representing something about myself and it's like trying to put it to the page and not having my finger exactly what it's about, but knowing it's about something. And then the writer tells you, look, this is your problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see a lot of the parallels. Yeah that occur in Talk To Me, where did that come from? Like, I mean, even down to the, to the hand, but like, where did that come from? One, one of the genesis of the hand was like, a, yeah, this car accident I was in when I was 16, split my eye open here, they put on my, fractured my spine, and I was in hospital and I just physically couldn't stop shaking. And the doctors came in, put heaters on, they were giving me like a fucking jumpers and everything, trying to like warm, like get me warm. And I just couldn't stop shaking. And my sister came in next to me, she sat beside me, and she held my hand and it made the shaking stop. Mm. And it was like, yeah, just the power of her touch like brought me out of this state of shock. And I just always remembered like the power of that. And like, you know, when you're in those moments when you're really depressed or you feel really vulnerable and you feel like for some reason everyone hates you. And and if you don't have someone like that, like, a, a, like an honest connection, like someone that you trust, to guide you through that, you, you grab onto something else instead. I think that you can sometimes grab onto these negative things and like be rejecting what's actually going to help you get out of that. Mm-hmm. You're using the wrong thing as a crutch. You're using the wrong thing to connect with. That's when the hand came in. It was just like a physical representation of the theme. And that, it was in the second draft of the film and all the way through the first draft of the film, like hands were so prevalent and touch was so prevalent. And, and the film was like, you know, Mia's a very intimate person. You know, you see it with the way she is with her mum, always cuddling and, you know, hugging and human touch is so important. And throughout the film, that's just getting stripped. She's getting stripped very out of intimacy. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, it's like a, uh, terrified of, of yeah, that, that sort of loneliness and, and like that isolation. And when you fall into that rabbit hole, sometimes you, you stay there because you've got no one to grab your hand and pull you out of it. I think one of the biggest reasons that this film works so well is that these elements that seem like they could have just been written in for a, a, a scare or as a plot device, 
they're actually they're coming from a place of something relatable, like deeply vulnerable within you. Even that physical touch, that imagery that you have in your head of having your sister comfort you, mm. and that was the only thing that made you feel okay in that moment, that comes out through the film. Even wanting to reconnect with past, you know, loved ones who are not with you anymore. And, yeah. Things like that. Yeah, like uh, we knew that every single spirit in the film was uh, drawn to each of those kids' energies. Like they're they're the ones they're connecting to something inside those kids that is like drawing those spirits to them. So there's like these negative spirits that are drawn to these negative emotions. Same way you could have a, a bad trip on a drug if you're in a bad headspace when you're trying to take it. Yeah, if you're like if you're drinking to have fun, it's one thing. But if you're drinking to escape something, you know, it's yeah. like a different experience. Actually, when I when I was first watching, I. Th- because it's so unclear about what is going on, you just see little bits and pieces through like some phone videos about this thing that occurs. I thought it was a drug. Did yeah, you did yeah. you purposely make it seem like it was it was a drug? Yeah, yeah like yeah. dilated pupils. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, they're, they're like getting high off it. It's a rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just like hinting at it at the first beginning. It's like a coming of age film. There's like this weird thing happening in the background. It could yeah. be drugs, but it's demonic possession. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but they get this high off of it. Yeah, do you think? You know, did you write that as a parallel to escapism? You know, like getting, like breaking away from reality and having this. Yeah, other and place? then also like to represent like a, uh, any sort of vices and anything that you're using as a crutch to get out of. Not, not really dealing with your issues in, in a proper way. You're doing it in this horrific, demonic, deformed way. It feels like because it's like not helping your mental state. It's like fucking it up. It feels like so like. That, that, yeah, that, that, that sort of stuff was always all the way through. Like it feels stuff. like it's making things better in the moment, but it's actually making Make things worse, worse in the long, long run. Time. Yeah, well, and then awesome. having those parties, it's a party horror film, and having those parties dwindle throughout the film, where it's like mm-hmm. they, it's getting smaller and more and more sad. But it was also like just uh, like a modern take on like a, a a horror film. Like what would kids these days be doing if that was real? And I feel like that's exactly what would be happening. Like. We just meme everything now, you know, yeah. even like, you know, people saying aliens are real now and it's just a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like a, we, we have this thirst for attention, everybody. And it's like, you know, you, you back in the day, it'd be like, don't walk into the dark forest. Don't do these horrific things where it's now it's like film it and get attention from it. Mm, mm-hmm. A lot of Hollywood films with huge budgets that you're used to seeing these days, there's the, the voice is really muddled down like it doesn't really feel like it's it's authentic anymore because it's gone through so many different it's been filtered yeah Yeah. it's just like it's just distilled 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 but this feels like it's very genuine do you have any fear that moving forward it could end up getting more distilled or do you think that you'll be able to stay true to your authentic voice people that give money it's like they need to make sure that it works that's why it's like this works in the past so do that you know, that's why it feels like it's filled. It's like it needs to hit these miles. Because everyone's scared of taking too big of a risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But like with something... ours, we didn't know what the reaction was going to be. We just made a film that we were proud of and we didn't know what, we didn't know who was going to like it, if it would be liked, if it would be seen. But, but it's like we had nothing to hide behind because we got what we wanted. And it's so brutal. Like it's so vulnerable sharing the film and stuff and then just like you go on Letterbox. It's like one star, piece of shit. Like, and it's like, like you just have to like, like it's, it's a hard thing to like. Box have been good, haven't they? Oh, no, lately we've been fucking getting reamed, really getting reamed, have we? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like three point eight at the moment. It's a, three point seven now, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So like, like reading it, like yeah, it's like you look at it. You have to try and like block that out and just remember, like you made that thing that you're proud of, and like not to. It's a hard. It's such a new thing to read stuff like that. What's next? <laughs> what do you already have your next film lined up? We've got a film that's written called Bring Her Back. We'd love to do that. We really want to do an action film. I'm obsessed with the idea of doing an action film. Uh, 
Again, we are literally, we don't know what we're doing or what's happening. We're just going with the flow. Going with the flow. Man. Aren't you attached to a specific film as well that people may recognize the name of? Hadouken? <laughs> it's called Street Fighter. We're currently attached to Street Fighter. And that means so much to us. I can't believe that's so fucking weird to say. Yeah. I feel like that would be the perfect thing for you guys to direct. Like, it's over the top action, but you can add some comedy into there. Yeah, and you yeah. Could, you could not. You you could show that it's not too serious, but yeah, it could also just look in incredibly good. I think. Yeah. I, know, we, I feel like we could make an action film that no one's ever seen before. Like, I like to have the tools and that budget and have all those resources and. To do our style. Yeah, our be style. Cool. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And then also just like understand, like we've been doing a lot of like looking into the games, the lore of Street Fighter, the things that uh, inspire Street Fighter, the games, the movies, the people. And like we've been doing a massive deep dive, which is lots of fun. It's lots of fun. to. It's such a rich world and it goes deeper than you you think on, on the base of just the games. But like, even the outside of that, those sort of projects are on pause at the moment uh, because of the writer strike. Mm -hmm. We stand, we stand in solidarity with our, we, we weren't able to like um, uh, do press with our actors. We all decided that even though they're not SAG to not have them come and, and like so everyone can stand together and, and like- uh, Everyone must stand together. Share the love. Yeah. Studios, share the love. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Go you, you go to the gym a lot. I can see it on you. You are the, you are the, you are, you like seriously. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? I want to burn calories. You want to burn calories? <laughs> no, I'm joking, dude. Of course I burn calories. <laughs> It's just an hour of yoga a day with, a, with maybe an hour of strength training as well. That's it. I saw, like, That's I, it. Yeah, I could just tell. He looks like a superhero with the tattoos and stuff. Like a superhero that turns into electricity powers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to write me into your next yeah, film? Yeah, yeah man. You, can write, you can write me into your next film. That's okay. Right, we'll do it. Electricity powers, but they heap shit. Like you can only make a light flicker. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like the basically doing what a ghost does. No, you're fired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>